Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, and welcome to another episode of All by the Popcorn. I'm Emily. And I'm Alessandra. And today, we are talking about... The Boy and the Heron, the newest uh, Studio Ghibli movie that's been nominated for Best Animated Feature. Yes, it's supposedly uh, Miyazaki's last film, but you know how he is. He said that, you know, last time. Um, So I don't know. I mean, this one was definitely, it had that that Miyazaki spirit for sure that we we love with, with Ghibli movies. Lots of, lots of wind. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> Rustling so, their hair, you know. So much. They, oh, those animators are amazing with just how much, oh my God. The, and this, this movie seemed windier than normal. Oh, sure. Than the, than the other ones. Yeah. Especially with like the fire wind and stuff. Yes. Oh, I that was, like, was. mesmerized. I was like, oh gosh, all those blades of grass are swaying. The shirts are billowing. The mm-hmm. sails in the boat are going. The hair is moving. It's. Oh, man. Lots of wind. Yeah, I'm going to apologize for not knowing what things are called right off the bat. Uh, I did see this movie like a month or so ago, I think. So, like, it's kind of not fresh in my brain. I'm sorry, but I do remember it. It's just like the names and stuff. I, I'm i going to forget. <laughs> you uh, you can blame me. Alessandra's been on top of watching these movies, and I have not. Hey, it's um, okay, man. It's fine. But you also retain information better than I do. So if, if, if anyone sh- if anyone should be the one watching a movie a month ago, it should probably be you. Um, um well, this movie I watched a- this movie two days ago. Exactly. Uh, so you you got it down, um, and that's great. So I'm getting there. I'm getting there. This was very exciting because I actually had never seen a Miyazaki film in theaters before. Um, oh, and- not even Secret Life of Arietti. No, I did not see that one. So oh. I was really excited to see a Ghibli movie in theater. So Danny Danny was also really excited. We were watching a lot of Ghibli movies in anticipation of it coming out. And they're all on HBO Max. So it was great to watch them and get uh, get to see this one in theaters. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really great seeing it on the big screen. Um, Studio Ghibli movies are, they're great. They're always fun to watch. So this one was about a kid um, named Mahito. Yes. Who, in the beginning of the movie, it's really scary. There's like a fire that breaks out and it's kind of in wartime. And it's like the hospital is on fire. Mahito is freaking out because his mother works at the hospital. And he's going through and there's all these really like, you know, intense flames and kind of surrealist like blurring of the screen this scene was animated so beautifully oh absolutely with how it looked it looked like it was in slow motion Mm -hmm. and like it was blurry 
and the and it just it just looked like the entire world was just engulfed in flames. I thought it was so beautifully done. I was like mesmerized by this part. And it was so frightening. Like it's said that this is a G kids movie, which typically is movies that are like I don't know. They're usually like not for adults, I guess, but of course adults don't like them. Another another G kids movie was um Whisper of the Heart and I think uh the cat returns mm. so it's like okay. they're a little bit more fanciful but i'm not really yeah. sure what distinguishes this one because it, the themes were like super dark like he loses his mom in the beginning of the movie like it's pretty horrific it's pretty sad um and that just drives the rest of the movie yeah and this tower that shows up later with this with this heron it it was also pretty spooky then as well i don't know why this this was labeled a g kids i don't know either like it was it was spooky it was was really spooky spooky. he basically goes like in this kind of underworld like as well in this like you know uh spaceship like alien space rock thing and it like makes you go into this like fantasy world that it yeah, has I'm no gonna, time. It is so I'm gonna strange. Preface, I'm going to preface right now. I had no idea what was happening. No, nope, <laughs> absolutely for, not. For like 87% of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, um, which I mean, that's, it's, I, I watch Studio Ghibli movies for the vibes. They're, oh yeah, uh, absolutely. For just, they're, they're usually very well animated. Their stories are usually very interesting. I might not know what's happening a lot of the time, but you know, I I keep watching them because they're just they're so they're so engaging, and I and I can't not watch them. So I mean, even though I have no idea what's happening, I still like them a lot. <laughs> yeah, it it seemed straightforward to a point. You know, it's wartime. He goes and lives with his dad and his new stepmom which happens to be his aunt and yes. she's pregnant and his yes, dad is his just... baby <laughs> with his dad's baby and right. i thought that was that was that was an interesting decision on his part <laughs> i mean it kind of makes sense i don't know whatever you're like oh this is shocking because mojito probably feels really i don't know betrayed or just confused at his losing his mom and then having to just move out of this like move into the countryside and there's all these interesting old ladies there they're just really overbearing and weird and he's just like okay and then this heron starts like terrorizing him like the moment he gets there yeah, the 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 pacing of this movie was it was, was a little it was, was off weird. It, it was, was weird. weird. <laughs> I agree. It, it was kind of weirding me out. Yeah, um, it's, it's uncomfortable. Like, it, was, it was slow, yet it was fast, <laughs> and I was feel like I was being whipped around in all these directions, and I was just a, I was like like grasping on for dear life like trying trying to trying to stick with this um yeah it's <laughs> so we spend i think like truly like the first like 35 minutes or so if not more of the movie like half the movie not in this fantasy world which i think is kind of the issue with it it 
it needed to be more in this fantasy world because that's the more interesting part of the movie. Like, the parakeets and the, like, little babies and, like, it just was so much more fun than the first half of the movie, which is just, like, okay, he's sad, um, there's these old ladies, he has to do his work. Like, it's just, like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's, like, this, this, he kind of starts to uncover the secret and eventually... And eventually the aunt, like, tells him about it. So he yeah. comes across this um, Natsuko, right? Natsuko is the, the aunt. Um, he comes across this tower, like, this, this dilapidated building. Um, yeah. And that's where the heron is trying to, like, lead him. Um, very creepily. Like, very scary. I was like, please don't go in there. Um, <laughs> and... And, you know, the, the old ladies find him and Natsuko finds him and they're like, you really shouldn't go in there. It's very dangerous like that. It was a tower made by, like, my great uncle or something mm-hmm. or great grandfather or something. I don't know. Yeah. And he he just disappeared one day, like, like without without a trace. Mm-hmm. Like, this, his, this book he was reading was left open in his study and then he was just gone and we never heard from him again. And so you... You start off with this with this secret that's like uncovered, and you're like, "Cool, so we're probably gonna go into this world, meet meet great granddad, and 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 adventure ensues. Maybe I don't know, and <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's just, it's just <laughs> this this was this was a very good movie, but this is not my favorite Studio Ghibli movie. I'm gonna say that right now. <laughs> there. <laughs> I agree. Okay. There are many, many aspects of this movie that felt like it was multiple Ghibli movies squished into one. Okay. So, like, we have the, like, kind of Howl's Moving Castle aspect of, like, the doors opening up into different times and, like, different places. Howl's Moving Castle does that. Um, We've got, like, the kind of, like, eccentric old people, like, the old women that, you know, they kind of you know, look like uh, Yubaba and Yubaba's sister in a way. And they kind of are like, you know, reminiscent of the characters that we see in Spirited Away. Um, it's just got yeah. like, it. I think it's the pacing and the kind of like non-explanation of it that, you know, it's fine if you don't explain things, but like, it felt like the screenplays, like especially in, I think his two best movies, which is Howl's and, and Spirited Away, like are but the screenplays and the pacing in those are much more exciting, much better. Like, yeah, the characters and, and probably stick a around. Third Princess Mononoke was also very, oh, very good. It is, it, um, and it's it's older, but it's like simpler in its in its tone and everything yeah. for sure. But yeah. it's and we're not saying that Studio Ghibli like needs to to step us through what's happening and explain everything. Like, you can usually pick stuff up pretty easy with context clues and like, and they usually have to do with spirits and shit. Yeah, and yeah. You can do whatever you want when spirits are involved. So it's just like. It's like, oh, you want this to happen? Sure. Why did it happen? Because it's the spirit world. Yeah, Fuck whatever. Like, you know, it's yeah. Just, just deal with it. It's the spirit world, and and so normally you can like let that stuff slide. But I was like, I was hoping to get some sort of resolution or some sort of understanding, <laughs> or like by the, he by didn't... the end of this film, and I didn't. <laughs> am I am I am I too smooth brained? Like I don't like if I did I miss something. <laughs> I think it was, like, about the relationship that he has with his mom, like, in a sense. So, like, 
He's starting to have the come to terms. He meets his mom's younger self, who had gone missing in this thing for like a year when she was a kid. And so he meets like the kid version of her, which is just, it's wonderful. Like, if that was the movie, like, I... That's great. We should have had more time. I her. know. Like, and, like, that would have been amazing. Like, and she also, was so cool. She could, like, turn into fire and she could she do, was awesome. like, all this cool shit. Like, she was awesome. I Like, I wanted more time with her. Yeah, it was like Inception where, like, the dream, if you, like, brought attention to yourself, like, the dream would try to attack you. It was like that in this thing. Um, yeah. So I oh, loved yeah. that. But, like, again, we needed more time. Also, with his dad, who's played by Christian Bale, um, OG. Of course. Because uh, Studio Ghibli loves Christian Bale. <laughs> absolutely. Um, Howell, excuse me, like, sexiest voice ever. He He's, like, the dad, and... He's barely in the movie, and it's like, have a relationship with your son. Like, have some kind of solid... Like, what is happening here? Like, he's like a... Like, honestly, the best relationship was literally M- Mahito and the Heron and Kiriko. Right. Like, they, like, yeah. they had the best... And that's, and that's fine. Like, <laughs> I, like, but... I know. But, like... I know. <laughs> but, like, I wanted more. <laughs> Absolutely. I needed less of the beginning... Like, he, they just needed to jump right into this. It, it just needed to just be, it needed to be just going to this place immediately. Yeah. Like, like they it probably is, could have cut the whole part away. with school, like him, yeah. him cutting his head. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't know if that was, some, I was trying so hard. Like, I was really, <laughs> really racking my brain. I was like, what, what's the metaphor of this scar? He's having like, a hard what, time. That's like, the... What's, <laughs> What's the parallel? What's the symbolism? It I know it's how there. he feels on the inside. He's got a scar on the outside. He like hit himself in the head too. He was like upset because he wanted to make it look more like an accident instead of just him being roughed up by some stupid kids. But it was like, or he was just upset with himself, like or that, which or makes sense upset. because he's like depressed. Sure. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's... But, like we could have done away with that scene in general to just kind of to kind of have a bit more. Of something else. <laughs> I think it could have all been told to us and then quickly gone into this reality of, like, this odd... Like, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. We're saying all these things we wish the movie was instead of it actually what it was. Um, did you see this movie with the voice cast speaking in English? Or did, like, did you see the Japanese voice? I watched this English dubbed because I was the only thing available. Yes. Um, I also I will did. Probably, I will probably... I would like to go through every... I've seen all of the Studio Ghibli movies English dubbed. I would like to go through all of them and watch them all subtitles mm-hmm. um, at some point. That is that is a goal of mine. Um, and I would probably like to do the same with this movie. And I was trying. I know AMC was offering some some options with subtitles, but I'd, it, just, it just worked out better for me to just see it English dubbed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I found it very enjoyable to hear the English-speaking people, um, mostly because, like, the actors are grade-A actors. I mean, they're fantastic. We, Like I said, we have Christian Bale, um, Gemma Chan, Willem Dafoe, Mark Hamill, Robert Pattinson, Florence Pugh. Like, I was, like, hearing I, know, I didn't recognize any of their oh, voices. Oh, I did. <laughs> like, I did. I knew. Because I, I didn't know who was in this movie. Like, I didn't know who was going to be the voices. Like, I didn't look this up. I just went in and, like, sat down and... I didn't recognize anyone. So when the when the end credits came up, I was like, Florence Pugh, Jimmy Chan. <laughs> like, I yeah, was, yeah. what? It's great. I probably should have recognized Willem Dafoe 
as the Heron. I probably should have. Like, that's bad. He, well, he wasn't the gray Heron. He was, like, one of the um, oh, the birds that that falls, like, that was attacking the little oh. babies. That's who oh. he was. Okay. And Oh, you know, you know who I did recognize was who? Dave Bautista. That was oh, who. sure. The parakeet That was king. who I recognized. Yeah. Yes. His character was great, too. Also, like, very fleeting. Like, he shows up. And that also kind of also reminded me of the Cat Returns um, king. Like, it it was like a amalgamation of lots of fantastical characters, and I loved that. Um, but it just, they all needed to be fleshed out. Like, we could have seen more. We could have seen more of this weird surrealist world. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I did notice, I, I remember hearing that Robert Pattinson was going to be the Heron. Because it's very hard to oh, tell that yeah. it's him. And he goes absolutely it's... like batshit. Like, it, his voice is hilarious. It just is like, like, it's really great. Yeah. Um, it was really good. <laughs> I, I was like, who is that? His voice sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, and I also my, recognize... My favorite name, oh. my favorite name of the entire movie, uh Debbie Derryberry. <laughs> yes, that's so cute. cute. It's the cutest name. I've she ever sounds heard. like a voice actress. No, I mean absolutely like. Oh, Debbie Derryberry is definitely a voice uh, actress. That Let's is such a done. name for for voices. Um. Oh, she looks so familiar. Oh, she's. Oh my God, she's. Um, she's Jimmy Neutron. There you go. There you go. Ah, Debbie Derryberry. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Um, I really, I did definitely notice the voice of Florence Pugh because she has a very, very particular voice. And it's like a when she speaks with an English accent, like an American accent, you can also hear like the kind of even more the rougher, rougherness of her voice. And she was yeah, playing like an sounds, older she sounds woman. sounds like a, like, a, like a butch lady. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. I love it. It's she has voice. such a great voice. Um, yeah. Loved her character too. Just this woman to like ferry these little baby things up to the sky, which were just adorable. What was their yeah, name again? The, the Wada Wada. Or oh, something. yeah. Yes, they were so cute. They look like the little adipose tissues from... Um, Doctor oh Who. My God, they do. Yes, we just watched. Are you just watched the episode? But we, we we've been we've been rewatching Doctor Who, and we did watch the Adipose episode. <laughs> they so look just like those. It's pretty fresh in my mind. Yeah. What's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite Ghibli like like little creature? Little from, guy from a movie. Yeah. Mm. Like we got we've got the Wada Wada. We've got the spirit, the sprites, the 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 sprites. sprites, the like Mononoke so creepy ones. I don't know. Yeah, the Mononoke thing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> let's think about it i mean does uh, does calcifer count he probably doesn't count no he's like oh, a you, side character you know what i i do count. really like that little like um little like combo duo and spirited away of like the little hamster guy and the like um little oh and fly. the bird the little bird yeah, yeah. they're very cute. yeah they have a lot of personality yeah i will count a turnip head as as a little creature from Howl's Moving because I don't think they have any other creature like in Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah, and he doesn't talk. There's and like the they don't stars talk. and stuff. No, he doesn't talk. Um, yeah, Calcifer talks. I always like children in in Ghibli movies, and 
They're usually like very like round and cute. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love their their spirit. Like I definitely loved his mother in this movie. She was like so so bright and like refreshing in the story. That was a very depressing and like kind of aimless <laughs> aimless movie for so much of the time that like when his mom came to the picture, it was like oh, this is what this movie is about. Like, she's a fire girl. She's really, like, got a lot of spirit. Um, She can connect with her son again. It's, like, special. Yeah, because he was really, he was really missing her. He was having a hard time, like, um, adjusting to his new life. Like, you know, he he just meets, like, he, he knows of his aunt, but the last time they'd seen each other was when he was a child. And so she's like, oh, the last time I saw you, you were, you were just a baby. And she's like, you can call me mom now. And then she's like, and here, touch my stomach. I got a baby inside me. Like, I was like, girl. It's, it's overwhelming. It's like, this is, what? Stop. You're going to scare him. Like, I was like, oh, slow down. I was like, slow They spent, down. well, then they, they take so much time going, like walking through the house, like walking up to the house. He has to take off his shoes. And like, there's just so much empty space that that's filled with just not like it's not an empty space where you're contemplating it's just an empty space you know it's like definitely slowness is totally fine and great in the ghibli movies and that kind of like makes them have the weight that they do we just like didn't earn it give the if you give the viewer something to be reflecting upon or thinking about like i was just sitting here watching like (laughs) <laughs> like eyes glazed like okay what's next <laughs> i know i'm like, so sorry we're ripping this apart um it is <sighs> it is like honestly most likely gonna win the oscar for best animated film this year because it is like do to, like miyazaki's never won one which is just i i mean what like that's insane I, really? I, I, i'm pretty sure like let me check i that I can't just, be true God, let me, let me check. Not even for Spirited Away? Oh, you know what? That might that might be wrong, actually. It does say he won I'm, one I'm Oscar. I'm sorry if you can hear Pod wailing in the house. He's just... I cannot. Okay, good. Um, Well, you can't, but probably they can. He's very loud. Um, um, okay, he won an honorary award in 2015, so... Oh, no, and he also won the 2003 for, best, for Spirited Away. That's that's what happened. That's... Ha! Okay. That is what happened. Okay. 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 So we're good. But I still, I'm still convinced that, I mean, I'm not 100% convinced because obviously there's some really great animated films that came out this year, but this is a big contender. I personally will be rooting for Spider-Man. But Absolutely. But I don't this, know. This has a very, very good chance of winning because it was, it was very good. It was very masterfully done as, Absolutely. as all the movies usually are. Doesn't have to be my favorite though, but it was very masterfully done. Um, I'm trying to think. There was another there was another sequence. Oh, oh my gosh. Another scene I really liked, just like staring at, was the curtain into the delivery room. Mm-hmm. Like after he meets up with his mom and mm-hmm. he's like, I have to save Natsuko. Because the whole reason why he goes into this world is because he needs to save Natsuko. Like Natsuko yeah. runs off into the forest and then she goes missing. Yeah. Um, And apparently people of this family's bloodline hear the call of like the tower or whatever. Or hear the call of this. We learn later that like this tower was built around some weird asteroid that like hit the earth. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I don't know if that's what's calling them or if the heron calls that. Like, I don't know, like, what. But something draws people specifically of this bloodline um, to this whatever, to this entity. And so Natsuko goes missing. And that's the whole reason why he goes into this world. And which we then learn later that he has kind of been summoned because the current person who built this world or formed this world has been keeping it afloat and it is falling apart unless someone kind of takes over. His granduncle who went in there and got stuck is now like a really old crotchety scary man. Who's like, okay, I want like he one of my okay. was, descendants to take over this alien thing. And it, he's like, no, I'm going to topple these blocks. And then the whole thing is just going to fall apart. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so Natsuko is being held in this delivery room when this very scary scene oh, happens. It's frightening. It's so scary. But the curtain that she is behind, like, God, the painted, the painted... The painted backdrops or like the painted scenes for Studio Ghibli movies are always so beautiful. I, oh, I yeah. Like I want to see. I want to see this. This like this painted still like in real life. It was just this curtain was gorgeous. Like I love looking at it. And then yeah. And then lots of paper. They they like to use paper a lot to mm-hmm. signify things. I like it was this weird fan that was like spinning. And then all the paper, like, starts to attack them. Like you said, like, the dream like the dream is, like, fighting back. Yep. Yeah. Or the world is, like, fighting back. It starts um, to fight like the like the little paper things do in, in Spirited Away. It's, like, the same same yeah. situation, except for, like, in a room. And it's beautiful. Yeah. This and those scene were, is like, amazing. spies. Yeah. yeah like the paper in Spirited Away were, like, Yubaba's spies or yeah. whatever for, uh, for watching um, Haku. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was a great scene. Um, the I mean, it's just gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. Like the little house that she lives in, and like the um, we first get why introduced. Birds, like, birds why? everywhere. Birds everywhere. What? Yeah, we had the heron. We had the pelicans. We mm-hmm. had the parakeets. Like why? Why birds? Maybe they just get stuck in there. Like when when they all got released, the parakeets like turned into like regular sized parakeets and flew flew away so it's kind of like there were obviously other beings that like lived in this world Mm -hmm. and yes the birds probably just got stuck there because it seemed like a lot of birds flew into this tower thing yeah like but like when the world collapsed did the birds who didn't escape just like die like what happened did the pelicans escape i don't know i see this movie leaves me with so many more questions (sighs) That I just didn't get answered. And maybe they're dumb questions, but they're important to me. <laughs> he also forms a bond with the Heron, who is is a character that is also quite confusing. Like, at first, you're like, okay, he's luring him in. Does he like him or does he not like him? Like, is he a, is he a villain? And he turns out he's this yeah. little guy who lives inside the Heron. And you can see his teeth sometimes, and he's just like, ah, you know, and just like opens up his, his nose, beak. Oh, God, when his nose starts popping out of his beak. Oh, just, yeah, they start to connect. So, it was so disturbing. He, like, yeah, poked a, a hole in, in his costume. nose. And, and then, like, he, like, we don't know if he's, like, related to this. Like, when he first meets the heron, I was like, oh, maybe the heron is his is his long-lost whatever, gr- great-granddad. No, he's just, like, a henchman. Um, 
Yeah. He's a henchman yeah, for, the, for the great grand, the great grand uncle. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> we keep calling him different things. I don't know what he is. I think he's an uncle. Sure. Let's go with uncle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what is another great scene? I'm just looking through all the pictures. The parakeets were delightful. They get lost or stuck in, like, the kitchen at one point. The parakeets are, like, making food, like, mixing stuff, being, like, so, so cute. Like, everything that they did was so... They had, they have to, like, hide. Like, the they heron hides me. as a parakeet. <laughs> Yes, he, he has his little googly eyes like sticking up off of his head. Yeah. And he put like, he put like a cloth around his face to look like the parakeet like nose thing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, the parakeets scared me. I didn't like them. Yeah, like. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just not really a bird person. I know you love birds also. I do. But like, I'm just not really a bird person. <laughs> maybe that's why I did. There's a lot of birds. There's a lot of birds. This movie didn't really speak to me. <laughs> um, I am looking at a picture of. When he goes into the kind of like grassy knoll with his granduncle, and there's this like rock in the middle of it that I think is like the asteroid or something, and it's like floating, and it could be like that's the representation of of everything. I mean, the description that it says here on the IMDb is that um, there's it's a world shared by the living and the dead. Their death comes to an end, and life finds a new beginning. Mm. That's right. I do remember them mentioning that, like, the dead, the dead are there. Like, yes. all those boats. Like, like when he gets on the boat with Kiriko. Yeah. She, like, He's points gonna go out to the, cemetery. To the boats. Yeah, and she's like, those are all spirits. Like, those are all, like, spirit boats or something. The birds, like, pushed um, him in, like, through the gate to, like, go into the cemetery or something. And he didn't want to be there. But he was being, like, protected by something he was holding or something like that, right? Um, he was protected later once he got the little, um, once he got the little carving of Kiriko. Mm. Okay. He Yeah, he was, like, protected there. I, I feel like he was protected by something before as well. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what she said it was, though. Maybe it was, like... Maybe he did pick up something, or maybe he was wearing something. Oh my god, I don't remember. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna like go to the trivia, um, just to maybe kind of kickstart some stuff. Do you want to take a break before we do that? Yes. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, we are back. Um, this first trivia is rather interesting. In December 2019, the film was announced to be 15% complete after three and a half years of work. Producer oh uh, Toshio Suzuki explained that Hayao Miyazaki in the past would be able to direct seven to ten minutes of animation per month, and they had scheduled five minutes of animation per month, or about one hour per year on the film. However, Miyazaki was directing only about one minute of animation per month. Wow, that's still a oh lot. Oh goodness. Yeah. But wow, that's, that's crazy. I mean, it just takes absolutely ages to... He, start, it says he started working on this film in 2016. That's insane. He wanted to release and finish the film in 2020, but it was postponed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what that's what a lot of things got postponed. Um, yes, it it grossed uh, 1.38 billion yen in its first opening weekend in Japan, more than any other Studio Ghibli film, surpassing Howl's Moving Castle, which opened to 1.48 billion. Wow, I don't know wow. how much money that is um, in dollars, but um, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. It sure is. And it says it grows $13 million domestically in its opening weekend, more than any other original anime film. Wow. Mm. Surpassed Ponyo with $3.6 million, So it really, like... Oh, I forgot about Ponyo. Did you <laughs> see Ponyo in theaters? I did. I don't think I ever did. I don't think I've ever I... seen Ponyo. I don't think I've ever seen it. No, it's no. A, it's a it's a very it's got it's got kids in it. Also, I know you love the kids. Oh, sure. The kids are. It's all about it's, the children. It's very, it's very sweet. Ponyo, Ponyo's definitely like. It's a G kids like, movie. I bet. It's for it probably, kids. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It definitely is. Um, there's, it's it's very cute. I like it a lot. Um, it's not my number one, but it's probably like in my top five. According to the producer, The Boy the Heron is the most expensive film ever produced in Japan. <laughs> really? Oh my god, yeah. I mean, it did take, you know, eight years to make, so. Yeah, I guess if you're, if you're spending money on something for that amount of time, they can get expensive. Uh, absolutely. I mean, that's what happened with Tangled. Tangled's like one of the most expensive movies of all time, because it was like... It, it just took ages to make and it, they were using like that technology that they just they were like inventing it as they were going and oh, they just goodness. stayed in the production phase for like years and years and it just was like absolutely like so freaking expensive <laughs> wow i didn't know that that's crazy yeah i'm mean, gonna look it up because it's kind of kind of interesting if you want to pick out a, a, a trivia that you like um yeah i'm not gonna read this entire well maybe i will the Japanese title, translated as How Do You Live, um, is the same as the 1937 novel by Genzaburo Yoshino, an editor and writer of children's literature, according to the sources. Um, this, they said the book will have significant meaning for the main characters in the film, which will take three or four years to complete. Um, There's a to, book? To say the, yeah, I guess. That makes sense. That that makes sense. I mean, I just wondered where this story came from. Like, it's very 
it's very detailed in its construction of the world building, but it's not like explanatory. Yeah, it 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 feels yeah, it feels very set in in what it was building, but it just it just needed just needed a bit a bit more to to really to really get us get us into the story. I'm going to look at this book. How do you live by Genzaburo Yoshino. That's oh. the name of the original book. I guess. Let's see what the summary for this is. A first English translation of the classic Japanese novel. A childhood favorite of anime master Hayao Miyazaki. Oh, well, now I have to listen to this book. Oh my god. <laughs> With an introduction by Neil Gaiman. Oh, that's great. Okay, well, Neil Gaiman likes it. Ooh. I bet it will really give you some insight. There's an audiobook. Wonderful. Let's let's check. Let's check the library. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to read Why Was Tangled So Expensive. Um, Okay. Essentially, it was two budgets films because they really tried to make the original film be like a kind of, um, like shell shading shading aesthetic instead of more of like that three D aesthetic. Um, and it just they really tried to like make the animation be a specific animation, and also they had to animate like her hair and everything. That just they had like had to reinvent the the technology for the movie, so you know mm-hmm. go, that is why it took so long. Um, and it says it spent six years in production, and an estimated cost of two hundred sixty million dollars, which would make it the most expensive animated film to be made and one of the most expensive films of all time. That's insane. I know it's a lot of money, it's... but it's I my mean... favorite Disney movie, so I think it's worth it. <laughs> It is, it is definitely one of mine as well. So it's, yeah. I guess, yes, it was worth it. And um, support your local libraries, friends, because my library has both the ebook and the audiobook. Awesome. So Great. I'm going to listen to this. Um, it says it has, it's narrated by two voices, which I always like. Um, and... I mean, I could I could talk about the summary of this book. The first belongs to Copper, 15, who after the death of his father must confront inevitable and enormous change, including his own betrayal of his best friend. In between episodes of Copper's emerging story, his uncle writes to him in a journal, sharing knowledge and offering advice on life's big questions as Copper begins to encounter them. Hmm. Over the course of the story, Copper, like his namesake, uh, namesake Copernicus, looks to the stars and uses his discoveries about the heavens, earth, and human nature to answer the question of how he will live. What? What? This sounds intense. <laughs> Is this the same book? I yeah, this yeah. What? Yeah. It looks okay. like it was it was authored by three okay. Well, so this is the English translation of it. So there are three authors on here. Probably to help with the with the translating, um, right, right, sure. But the story sounds nothing like it was in the movie. Is it like the story of the granduncle? Because he talks I'm... like that in the end of the movie. He has this like 
really like philosophical revelation or something. He's just like talking about philosophy, like good and evil or something. And I, it's really hard to follow. So they said the book will have significant meaning for the main character of the film. So it doesn't sound like this was like inspired by or like based off of, I think it's like, cause they specifically say they said the book will have significant meaning for the main character in the film. So for Mahito, like Mahito would read this book and it would be significant to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just like, it's, uh, it's like, an influence. It's character building. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. I understand. Um, also, there's one of these trivias. It's like Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson were in the lighthouse together and this bird... He, they were like both birds in this movie, which I, f- I did oh, notice God. that. And I was like laughing because obviously that's a humongous point of the lighthouse is like the whole freaking seagull stuff, which mm-hmm. happens in, mm-hmm. in uh, I was going to bring it up in uh, in our Poor Things podcast as well, because there's a part on the deck where they're like throwing the bird down, like the guy's like killing the seagull. And I was like, don't, don't kill the seagull. <laughs> <laughs> like Willem uh, Dafoe. Yeah. Yeah. It's haunting. It's haunting. Um, yeah. There's, okay, so this is an interesting trivia. It says, when Ahito finally finds his stepmother in the other world, her room isn't a birthing chamber, like the other characters say, but a tomb. The paper strips that attack Mihito are called shide and are often used in religious and sacred spaces in Japan to purify the space to protect it. The purpose of this film was to keep death away from the tomb and protect Natsuko. Mm, interesting. Because she is in the world of the dead. Yeah, I think that's what's going on. Yes, but then also the world of, like, the world of the living, because the Wada Wada would turn into humans. Like, like they are basically souls. That was a different that part. Were... That was, like, a different area. It's both. It's birth and death. It's it's both. I said that before. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The water water were really cute though. I did I did really like them. Yeah, they're cute. They're cute. I think I still like the the soot sprites the best. Um and and turnip head. Turnip head's my favorite. I mean and calcifer, but we're not counting calcifer cuz he talks. Um But yeah, definitely turnip head. <laughs> any other trivia no i think we're fine all right um i'm gonna look at these plot keywords we've got heron parakeet fire grief studio oh. ghibli <laughs> absolutely that is that is a good <laughs> that's what this that's what this movie should have been called heron parakeet fire grief <laughs> i mean brought to you by studio ghibli it's so true emily yes <laughs> that's a good one Oh my gosh. Um, this movie so got a 91 meta score with 51 positive, three mixed, and zero negative reviews. There are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 9, 18 100s, which is a lot of 100s. That's the, it? Uh, that, yep. The lowest are 60s. So you have your pick. Right. I'm going to scroll on down here. Oh, here we go. Oh. Just three to choose from. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm gonna do... 
Um, I'm going to do the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the boy and the heron, while typically bursting with imaginative elements, is also narratively tangled and a bit confusing and falls far short of Mr. Miyazaki's best work. <laughs> this 80 Vanity Fair is a really good companion to that one. It says, the emotional punch of the boy and the heron is a heart-swelling assertion of comic cosmic purpose, even amidst sadness and ruin. But it's delivered after a lot of digression, which can make this swan song film seem like more a collection of Miyazaki's disparate, previously unused ideas than a discrete film with focused mission. <laughs> that was an 80. Wow. <laughs> and that, I 100% wow. agree. Like, that's how I felt yeah. that this movie was like, which, you know, it's still gorgeous. And a lot of these are also like, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And it is, yeah. you know? Wow. That sounded kind of harsh for it an is 80, wow <laughs> wow nobody see. wants to nobody wants to say it's bad because it's not it's just when you compare it to his others it's like nah. it's, bec it's because <laughs> Hayao Miyazaki's so cute we don't want to make him sad <laughs> I know we're like <laughs> we're gonna give you a really high meta score just because we love you so much we we just respect yeah. you the entire world loves Hayao Miyazaki they, we've all adopted him as <laughs> as our unofficial grandfathers like that's it's just he's he's such a perfect little human being <laughs> we don't want to make him sad <laughs> All right. Which one of these 100s? Unless there was another... Uh... No, you can pick a 100. Okay. Oh, so many to choose from. I kind of like this Chicago Tribune one. Um, what can we impart to future generations? Can we trust them to keep the balance of the universe? These big questions drive the meaning and the purpose of the boy and the heron. Yet another masterpiece for Miyazaki that helps us see the beauty of life around us and contemplate the future of the universe more profoundly. Oh, that's very nice. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to see, there's another one I like. I think that's it. Did you see another one? No. All right. I'm trying to remember, was there anything <clears throat> much in the way of, like, obviously there was a score. I just obviously don't remember. Oh, yes. I think it was very nice. It was, it was definitely less, uh, less sweeping than some of his previous scores or less, you know, I would say it was quite solemn mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I remember there being kind of a, a different aspect to it. You know, usually he's got, like, a lot of horns and, uh, you know, yeah, those, like, grand sweeping, like, violins and things like that. But this one I felt like was, like, kind of a little bit more edgy. Mm-hmm. I'm trying yeah. to remember exactly what, like, what notes I remember thinking about, but. That's what, that's what I'm recalling. I will always love, if you like watching, like, Studio Ghibli animated food and, like, people eating, mm. Ponyo's really good. There's, like, a scene where they're baking ramen, mm. and it is mm. oh, yeah. so satisfying to watch. I 
Loved the part where she was making the butter and jam toast. It looked so oh, good. That was like so satisfying oh every gosh. time. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it looked amazing. I will always love watching them animate food. So good. Um, all right. Is that all we have to say about the boy and the heron? Yes. All right. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and IMDb. We are also on Amazon Music, Spotify, and Acast. If you want to email us, please do that at allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow our social media. We have Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Just search All By The Popcorn or All By The Popcorn Podcast. And we have merch, so please check that out. But thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you in the next one. Goodbye. Bye. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.